Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... treat, an adaptation from a concoction in crime by that master storyteller, Jacques Futrell, renowned for his creation of the thinking machine. This story begins with a cipher, that method of transforming a text to conceal its meaning. Ciphers have popped up in tales by Edgar Allan Poe, Dorothy Sayers, and Conan Doyle, but I must admit, I rarely come across such a clever concealment of crime as you will give ear to in a moment. Lying here in the hospital, I've been asking myself, Elizabeth, what is this crazy love I still feel for you? You can't help yourself, John, can you? Go away. Get away from me, Elizabeth. I don't want to see you. Dear John, you mustn't excite yourself. Nurse! Nurse! Shall I tell you something, John? I hate you. I hope you die. Our drama, Revenge is Not Sweet, adapted from a story by Jacques Futrell, has been written especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Robert Dryden. I'll be back shortly with Act One. I'm Susan Anton. It's a good feeling to sleep the night away on a perfect sleep of the Pillow Soft is the ultimate in sleep. Unique extra thick cushioning for heavenly comfort on top. Ultra firm support inside. Perfect sleeper pillow soft. Firmness that feels good. Be a perfect sleeper. Buy a perfect sleeper. something offensive in the air and if you're smoking you're putting it there your lung association joins the majority of millions of non-smokers in asking you to be concerned with your drifting smoke let's clear the air together for everyone's sake write to your lung association for help in kicking the habit and take the smoke out of your life sure it's tough lung disease is tougher your quitting is really a matter of life and breath When was the last time you made a bologna sandwich for your child's lunch? Did you know that tested against three other sandwich foods, bologna is the highest in cost per ounce of protein, highest in fats and calories, contains potentially harmful sodium nitrate, and is four times as expensive as the cheapest sandwich, peanut butter, which is more nutritious. That's what you could have learned from Consumer Reports, published by America's leading nonprofit product testing consumer organization. Completely independent, Consumer Reports stands guard over your family and your dollars, the food you eat, the cars you drive, the appliances you use, and the services you depend on. 1,000. Subscribe now to Consumer Reports for this money-saving offer. The 11 monthly issues of our magazine, Consumer Reports, plus the invaluable 1980 buying guide issue, plus our 383-page guide to drugs and health, plus the 1981 buying guide issue when published, 331-1000. A total value of $25.75, all for just $12. To take advantage of this offer, dial this toll-free number, 800-331-1000. Consumer Reports, 800-331-1000. I told you, the trail of today's crime begins with a cipher, that device used in war and peace to conceal state secrets from an enemy. But it could also be used to frustrate your enemy. From there, the trail leads to hatred, and from there to revenge. But, as it said, it's foolish to be avenged on your neighbor by setting his house on fire. In the end, you also may be consumed. Is this Hutchinson Hatch? Yes, hello. Yeah, you old, that you, Dr. Van Dusen? Yes. 
You busy? I'm always busy. This is a newspaper office, Dr. Van, but uh, go ahead. No, I don't need this brief. A girl has come to see me, name of Elizabeth Devon, said her stepfather was Pomeroy Stockton, who died two days ago. The inventor? That's him. Yeah, the mail did an orbit, heart failure. Wasn't very old, if I remember. All right, stop talking and listen, Hatch. Miss Devon claims it wasn't heart failure, that it was made to look like a suicide, and the doctor wrote a false death certificate. She suspects her stepfather was murdered. Oh, I like that. Can we work out the usual deal, Dr. Van? I'm your leg man, help you on the case, and in return, I get an exclusive of the paper. I want you to crack your files and go out and ask questions. Stockton had one son. I want to know all about him. All about the girl, too. Then you beat it up here when your shift is over. I can hardly wait. On second thought, wait an hour. She's still here, and I don't want anyone to know you're working on the case. What do you do, Miss Devon? I'm studying to be an opera singer. You do know who my stepfather is, was. Pomeroy Stockton? Great mind. Fine inventor. Never met him, but I respected him. Great loss to science, his death. He had a son, didn't he? John, yes. Married? No. How old? 31. Why do you ask? Well, after all, you're not really a blood sister. You're adopted. It occurred to me the son might have been interested in you. No consequence. Very perceptive of you. John was interested in me, but uh, I wasn't in him. You disliked him? Oh, no, not exactly. But over his father's death, I had some reservations. Well, you care to tell me about them? I was the one who discovered my stepfather dead the morning before last. He was in a room in our house he called his shop. Right away, naturally, I got in touch with John. He lives half an hour away. I showed him a letter I'd found in Mr. Stockton's pocket. John asked me to destroy it. A letter written by his father? Oh, yes, his handwriting. I said I'd get rid of the letter, but the more I thought about it, the more worried I became, so I kept it. Was there an autopsy? No. John had a college friend, a Dr. Benton, issue a death certificate saying, death by heart failure. Now, you've told me you believed your stepfather was killed and it was made to look like suicide. You're aware the death certificate says natural causes... If that were so, what was this bottle doing on the floor near him? I have it here in my bag. There. I'd like you to smell that. Mm, prussic acid. Give me the bottle. Oh, I'm sorry you felt it necessary to play detective, Miss Devon. You may have destroyed an important clue. Have I? By picking up this small bottle, you've obliterated any fingerprints but your own. How could I have been so stupid? Well, I'll keep it if you don't mind. Now, that letter you found... Oh, I, I brought that, too. Here you are. You found this letter in Pomeroy Stockton's pocket? I did. I'll never forget how he looked. Lying there. Well, I see nothing extraordinary in this. A typical tired-of-it-all, life-has-no-meaning suicide letter. Uh... You were saying why this letter caused you to be suspicious. I am suspicious. Why should he kill himself? He had everything to live for. You think then, Miss Devon, that this letter was written under coercion? And that somebody may have forced him to take prussic acid? That's just what I think. And that a grown man would submit to that? I don't know. There's some ghastly, horrible mystery in back of all of this. I know it's my stepfather's writing, but I... I can't believe he'd write it. Perhaps Pomeroy's doctor never saw this so-called suicide letter. Maybe a forgery. Is that possible? I could swear the handwriting... Whatever it is, forged or genuine, it's a strange letter. Tired of it all, I seek the end and am content. Ambition is dead, the grave yawns greedily at my feet, and so on. I mean, really, 
a little sorry for a man like Stockton. But how to explain it's his handwriting. I, I know that. I, I used to act as his secretary and type up his notes. Even so. I suppose you have samples of his handwriting? I, I don't think there's a sample large enough to be compared with this letter. I used to type up all his letters, and, and when he did scientific articles, he'd dictate to me. That there are signatures on checks I could get you. So I guess he never used a fountain pen. Not so far as I know, except in this letter. Mm. Do you have a pen? Oh, yes. Would you like to see it? I never loaned it to him. For one thing, it leaks a little. Mm-hmm. Better have that taken care of before it leaks blue ink all over you. Dr. Van Dusen, do you suppose there's a... there's a cipher in this letter? Mr. Stockton was very clever at hiding his formulas so they wouldn't be stolen. There's a wall safe in the cellar, a sort of vault, where he'd make me place his notes. Uh, Miss Devon, I'll hang on to the letter for the present. And you may regard me as being sufficiently interested in this case to help you. If that's your roundabout way of asking for a second whiskey, don't bother. Take the bottle. But stop complaining and listen. Here, read this letter. Sound like my editor at the paper. Read. Oh, I'm talking, Dr. Van. I can read and listen at the same time. I want you to go see his son, John Stockton. Find out whether there's any personal enmity between him and his stepsister, Elizabeth Devon. What was the cause of it? Another man? If so, who? Have you read it? Twice over. Poor old Pomeroy, the inventor, could never get a job on my paper. It's grossly overwritten. If he wrote it. Miss Devon suggested it may be written in that curiously overblown way to hide a cipher. A cipher? Like in cryptography? A hidden message? I got it. You read every other line or every tenth word and out comes a, a hidden message. <laughs> in that overwritten suicide letter, there is a cipher. You figured it out already? Uh, let me ask the questions, all right? What's your report, Hatch? Uh, stepdaughter Elizabeth adopted 15 years ago before Pomery Stockton's wife died. Girl now 21 lives with him in Dorchester Street. She takes singing lessons. Has no boyfriends. The son, John, unmarried, 31, lives at 84 Beacon. Heads up a product marketing company in Boston. Very successful. Six-figure salary. I want you to go see him right away. Wait for him to get home from work. Find out what division of property has been made by Pomeroy Stockton's will. Who gets what and how much. If, as the girl believes, Stockton was murdered... Send me out there in this weather. I'll never get a taxi. I'm not asking you, Hatch. I'm telling you. Unless you're not interested in the story. With your byline. Hello there. Waiting for me? Are you John Stockton? That's me. Been waiting long? Long enough. Your doorway doesn't keep out much weather. Come on in. I just want to wheel this motorbike into the vestibule. You're Hutchinson Hatch from the mail? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, my editor called you at your office? Yes. Sorry I'm late. Something to do with my father, right? I gotta hand it to you, Mr. Stockton, riding that little motorized bicycle in the rain. Uh, rain, shine, or snow doesn't faze me. Take off your coat and come into the library. I had hoped the death of my father wouldn't come to the attention of the press. I don't want anything printed that would bring disgrace to his name. Well, I'm sure there's nothing disgraceful in the truth. Wouldn't you rather have us print that than a new window? Uh, I guess I better tell you what I know. Even though I did everything I could to keep it out of the newspapers. Uh, how much was your father's estate? Something over a million. He made most of it through a device for coupling railroad cars. They're used all over the world. And you would inherit how much of that? Mm, Two-thirds, three-quarters. I'm not sure. Say, 800,000. Mr. Stockton, 
What was the purpose of making it appear your father died naturally when obviously he committed suicide and there's even a suspicion that might be something else? Something else? What do you mean? I'll let me do the interview and then I'll answer you. Uh, can you think of any motive for your father's suicide? Not a one. That was why I was so stunned. There was positive evidence he'd killed himself. Anyway, what can I say, except that I persuaded a doctor friend of mine to report it a certain way to avoid a police inquiry and a scandal. Won't you tell me what the something else might be? Elizabeth Devon. Whatever. She produced a letter found on your father, and she has said... Oh, Lord. Elizabeth promised. She gave me her word of honor. She'd never show that letter to anyone. She swore to me she destroyed it. The beginning of any mystery always comes down to the fundamental question, who is lying and who is telling the truth? If lies are being told, why? To cover up what? Who gains? Who has what to hide? And when you come right down to it, could one corpse have died three ways? Of natural causes, suicide, and murder? I shall return shortly to join Dr. Van Dusen, the thinking machine, on his cerebral crime hunt. This week on Knott's Landing, guest star Larry Hagman as J.R. flies out from Dallas to pressure his brother Gary not to interfere with nearby offshore oil drilling. Keep your mouth shut, Gary. Stay out of it. Or I'll break you. Again. We just won't be left alone. If you delay this project for any length of time, do you have any idea how much money that's going to cost your mother? Don't miss Knott's Landing, Thursday night at 10, 9 central, on CBS Television. America's first heroine was Molly Pitcher, a young woman volunteer during the Revolution. Fire! But isn't this hot, hard work, Molly? Fire! Hot and hard? Try cooking in a colonial kitchen sometime. Today, thousands of women volunteers are in National Guard and Reserve units. If you're an employer, encourage their participation by signing a statement of support. Write Employer Support, Arlington, Virginia, 22209. A public service on behalf of Employer Support of the Guard and Reserve and the Advertising Council. Fire! Excuse me, I own that shoe store across the street. Uh-huh. Want to buy it? Well... I'll be honest. I have great shoes, but no customers. So I'm ready to sell the whole thing at any price, you name it. $12. Sold. Ooh. Well, now that you own a shoe store, what'll you do with it? Well, I advertise. Well, I tried. A lot of newspaper ads, then TV and magazine. Well, I'll probably go radio. R- radio? Yeah, according to the latest studies, everyday radio reaches more people than newspaper, TV, or magazines. How did you What's know? more, radio targets customers. I'll match up the right stations for my dressier lines uh-huh. and different stations for young casual. Since radio costs a lot less than newspapers or TV, I'll get good efficiency. <clears throat> Listen, I'd, uh, I'd like to buy my store back from you. Well, at a fair profit. Okay. How much do you want? $156,000. That's a pretty fair profit. Take your leave it. I'll take it. What you don't know about radio could cost you a lot. What you can learn is free for the asking. Call this radio station or the Radio Advertising Bureau. They brought you this message. Radio. It's red hot. successful businessman John Stockton is being interviewed by Hutchinson Hatch, a reporter, concerning the strange death of Stockton's father. What he does not know is that Hatch is also working for the criminologist Dr. Augustus Van Dusen. And what neither of them know is that a third person is hidden behind a door and listening. I don't understand that girl, Mr. Hatch. We grew up together. Elizabeth promised she would destroy the letter. Yes, she told us. You should also know that she inferred your father's death was not the suicide it appeared to be. Not suicide? Well, she's crazy. Murder? Who could have killed my father? What motive would he have? Tell me, uh, was Miss Devon legally adopted? Yes, so far as I know. Doesn't it seem strange to you, then, that your father would give three-quarters of his million-dollar estate to you? You're well-off, successful, and only a small part to Miss Devon, who has nothing? That's my father's business. Is that all? I'll be direct. 
Why is there bad feeling between you and Miss Devon? Who said there was? We just never got along together. My father and I had several arguments about her. About what? I'm not going into it. Did you have such an argument the night before your father was found dead? It's possible we might have said something. Is this going on much longer? No, just a few more questions. You live here alone? Yes, yes. You have nothing that belongs to you at your father's house? This is my home. I moved here to Beacon Street five years ago. There's no one in the house here with you? No one. Why do you ask? I'll show you. <gasps> How do you do, miss? <gasps> what can I do for you? Elizabeth, what are you doing here? Dr. Van, it happened just the way I told you. You opened the door, and there was Elizabeth Devon? She made some lame excuse, turned, and ran out of the house. Funny part was, Stockton was glad to see her. He didn't seem to care. She was listening behind the door. Uh, those two didn't get along. Why the secret visit? Uh, maybe she was doing some investigation herself. I warned her not to play detective. Dr. Van, will you be needing me any more tonight? I'd like to get on home. My wife will be worried. Call her. Tell her it'll be two in the morning and not to wait up for you. Two in the morning? How am I going to be at the paper at 8 a.m.? You manage. You always do. Well, I hope this story's going to be worth it. I still have it dried out from that storm. Well, we'll have dinner. You can sit in front of the fire, dry out. And at midnight, you and I will pay a call at a certain cellar. Uh, Beacon Street, where John Stockton lives? No. Dorchester Street, where his father lived and died. This cellar is enormous. A couple of rooms. Careful where you walk, Hatch. Don't run into anything that can fall and make a noise. I'm not moving. You are. Uh, if you're standing here watching your flashlight. So... You're not moving, eh? I swear that wasn't me. The sound came from over there. Shh, shh, shh. I must be crazy creeping into somebody's cellar in the middle of the night. What are we looking for? Two motives. For murder or suicide. Someone's coming down the steps. Douse the light. Now, oh, quick. Over here, to the right. Let go of me. Let go. The heck I will. The idea of firing a pistol like that. You want to hit somebody? Get off me. Hey, voice sounds familiar. You John Stockton. Are you burglars or what? Where's the light switch? Over by the stairs. You can let him up now, Hatch, so he can turn on the light. You men from the newspapers, don't you ever give up? It is. John Stockton. I knew who you were right away. That nosy reporter. Who's your friend? Augustus SFX Van Dusen. Why did you try to kill us? I thought you were burglars. I heard a noise down here in the cellar, so I came down to see. I thought you lived on Beacon Street, Mr. Stockton. I do, but I came here tonight on a little business of my own. You have a key to this house? I always had a key. Suppose we go upstairs and tell Elizabeth Devon you're prowling about in her cellar. No, don't tell her. Why not? You two don't seem to realize you're trespassing. I have more right here than you. This is my father's house. How'd you get in here? all this? Elizabeth. John. Dr. Van Dusen. Would you mind explaining what you are all doing here? You remember telling me about a wall safe in the cellar, Miss Devon? Your stepbrother came here tonight to open it up. Miss Devon, what is in that wall safe that would bring Mr. Stockton here in the dead of night? Murderer. Thief. Now, hold on, Miss Devon. Why is John here? He came to rob the vault. My stepfather wouldn't give him the secret of his last invention. That's why you forced him to write that letter, wasn't it, John? And then killed him. Elizabeth, for heaven's sake, what are you saying? Dr. Van Dusen, his greed is so great, he wanted all of my stepfather's estate. He didn't want me to have a crop. Elizabeth, that's monstrous what you're saying. It's true, isn't it? Well, I engaged Dr. Van Dusen to get to the bottom of Father's mysterious death. 
Uh, Mr. Stockton, it would shed a great deal of light if I could find some sample of your father's handwriting. Well, I have some letters. I always carry them with me. Oh, may I borrow them? Certainly. But please, let me have them back. I shall. Come along, Hatch. Yeah? Just a moment. Where are you going? Back to the basement to examine that wall safe where you said Mr. Stockton Sr. kept his formulas. Elizabeth, would you stay here with me a moment? I want to talk to you. I don't know whether I can trust you, John. It's back here a ways, Hatch. See where I'm pointing the light? Strange, isn't it? John Stockton was so all-fired anxious to get to the vault. But now that Elizabeth is here, I don't know what to make of those two. Where are they? Can you see them? Still talking up above by the cellar stairs. Oh, here it is. Small metal door, that's the secret vault? Well, not so secret anymore. The door is opened, and the vault is empty. Someone's turned off the cellar lights again. revolver. I should have taken it away from him. It appears as though he shot himself. We were standing by the stairs talking. And then John said, follow me. I want to show you something. And then the cellar light went out and he he must have... Well, will he die? Here are all the handkerchiefs I could find. Oh, I wish I had some bandages. Tie these handkerchiefs together for me, will you, Hatch? I'll just remove the gun from Mr. Stockton's hand. Good. Thanks, Hatch. He's not bleeding too heavily. We tie it around the wound, so... Miss Devon, why did you shoot him? I, I didn't shoot him. He shot himself. How about those powder marks on your right hand? Powder... But uh, how could you think that? Mr. Hatch, phone for an ambulance and see if you can get the police over here on the double. I think this is a matter for them to handle. Tell them I want Miss Devon to be placed in custody on the charge of shooting this man. I didn't shoot him. I didn't. John? John? Can you hear me? Uh, yes. We're sending for an ambulance. Why did Elizabeth shoot you? Can can you hear me, John? Why did she shoot you? She... She didn't. I... I did it myself. Purposely? I did it myself. Stephen, Elizabeth, I beg your pardon. I made a mistake. Will he die? No. That was another mistake. He'll recover. How is he, Dr. Van? Actually well enough to get out of the hospital this very minute. So? So nothing. I've asked John to remain exactly where he is. Inside that room. I don't understand. Why? I've asked him to help in a little charade, Hatch. If indeed he had a hand in his father's death, as Elizabeth Devon suspects, he'll show his hand. If, however, Elizabeth herself is implicated, she too will reveal her guilt. I wish I knew how. You will. Oh, hello, Elizabeth. Dr. Van Dusen, have you been in to see John? Well, the resident doctor thinks it better John doesn't have too many visitors. But I must see him. Of course. I do caution you, though. Don't excite him. I'm afraid the slightest undue strain on his heart might bring on severe complications. Well, I'll be most careful. I wouldn't want anything to happen to John. You know that, don't you? Do I? John? Are you awake? Hello, Elizabeth. I didn't expect to see you here. You didn't think I'd come to the hospital to visit my own stepbrother? No. You're the only brother I've got. Why did you come? 
I had to. I... I feel very close to you. That's why. Do you? Yes. I wish you had felt that way five years ago. I was very resentful then. You were wicked, John, to do what you did. You were 16. A child. You would have wrecked your life. Who are you to judge how another person wishes to live? I loved him. I loved him with all my heart. And you ruined it. You were childish and stupid. I hope you've grown up since then. I've grown up. I've learned there's only one way to get along in life. And that is to be hard. Is that why you slipped the gun out of my pocket and shot me? Is it, Elizabeth? Why did you say you'd shot yourself? If you knew it was me? I've been asking myself that question every hour I've been lying in this bed. Why didn't I realize the kind of worthless person you were years ago? What is this crazy feeling I still have for you that drives me up the walls? Maybe you still love me, Tom. Go away from me. Go away. I, I don't want to see you. Or have anything to do with you. Nurse. Nurse. No one can hear you, dear John. No, I won't let you press that buzzer for a nurse. Shall I tell you something? Nurse, please. Help me. I hate you. I shall never stop hating you. I hope you die. Nurse. Nurse. Is it older than Cain and Abel? The spirit of revenge. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. Is an ancient cry and modern. In Elizabeth Devon, one can almost hear the echo of a malevolent Catherine the Great, a Clytemnestra, a Charlotte Corday. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, blood for blood. I shall return shortly with Act Three. An exciting adventure in radio entertainment is yours every Monday through Friday. Sears Radio Theater with hosts of talent. I'm Lorne Green. I'm Andy Griffith. I'm Vincent Price. I'm Cicely Tyson. I'm Richard Whitmark. The five very talented hosts who bring you a broad sweep of top quality dramas on Sears Radio Theater over most of these CBS radio network stations. You'll hear a play in a different key every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Lauren Green hosting westerns on Monday. Andy Griffith, comedies on Tuesday. Vincent Price with mysteries on Wednesday. Cicely Tyson with stories of love and hate on Thursday. And on Friday, Richard Widmark and Adventure. To enjoy this thrilling experience in radio entertainment, all you do is listen here for Sears Radio Theater, Monday through Friday, on most of these CBS radio network stations. I'm not the handiest person in the world, but nowadays, do-it-yourself home repair is almost a necessity. Admittedly, some of my work is not perfect, but it gets by. Like many people, I try painting, woodworking, and even masonry, but I never dabble with electricity because it can be dangerous and not forgiving of carelessness. Yes, Americans are learning how to do more with their hands and hopefully are not forgetting some of the old rules, like never mixing water and electricity and reading all power tool instruction booklets before use. And let's not forget about the rule to check for damaged electrical cords either. And remember the one to always dress appropriately. Wear closed-toed, sturdy shoes and safety glasses. And finally, never leave power tools unattended. And keep children away from the work area. A public service announcement from Underwriters Laboratories in this station. recall the events for you. Adopted by a wealthy inventor, Elizabeth Devon seems to have borne a grudge and a hatred for her stepbrother, John. The famed criminologist, Augustus Van Dusen, stands with her in the very room where the inventor died. Yes, Dr. Van Dusen, this is where I found my stepfather's body. The last time I saw him alive was Monday. He told me his work was almost complete... 
and expected it would be worth a fortune. Oh, well, that must have been the copper hardening process. At five o'clock, John came over and went in here to see his father. How long he stayed, I don't know. Mondays, I have a singing lesson and I eat out. So I made a sandwich and, and put it with a glass of milk and some fruit on a tray for my stepfather and left it in the kitchen. I got home about nine. The food hadn't been touched. Were you alarmed? Did you come up here to Pomeroy Stockton's workroom to see what was the matter? I didn't because he often skips a meal. Especially when he's on the home stretch of some problem. He won't be disturbed. And then the next morning... I found him here in this room, right by that desk. The bottle of prussic acid I gave you on the floor. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. That's very helpful. Is there anything else you'd like me to do? Yes, there is. I'd like you not to leave Boston, Elizabeth, without informing me. Dr. Benton? I believe you issued a death certificate for Pomeroy Stockton? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. How well do you know Elizabeth Devon? Only what John has told me. An adopted daughter who for some reason kept her own name. Five years ago, she had a love affair. Some local beach boy, I think. She was only 16. John really got uptight about it. I think he was sort of keen on her himself, but... Uh, She's never given him a tumble. Is there still time to perform an autopsy? Pomeroy Stockton's body has not yet been buried. It's still in the receiving vault. Seems neither his son nor stepdaughter have made arrangements for the burial. I had a call from the medical examiner this morning. It's essential I tell John what the examiner told me. Which was? I prefer to tell John first. But I can say to you, it is the most extraordinary situation I've ever encountered in all my years of medical practice. Alan, uh, send in Mr. Hatch now, will you? Mr. Sloan, good of you to see me on such short notice, especially at the end of a long working day. We lawyers have no hours. I uh, understand you are the attorney for the estate. I am, but I wish I weren't. There a problem? Unbelievable, there it is. I can't locate the will. You got it here? Mr. Hatch, this is off the record. If Stockton's son or his stepdaughter or any of the other beneficiaries were to find out, I'd look pretty foolish. Darn will has either been mislaid, misfiled, lost, or it could have been stolen. Right now, I don't have the remotest idea where it is. Off the record. Uh, do you remember what the will provided? The bulk of the estate to John, 5000 a year to Miss Devon, and she gets the Dorchester house. That's about it. What happens if the will's never found? When Stockton has died intestate? Oh, the son inherits. Whatever he wishes to settle on his stepsister is up to him. Well, Mr. Sloan, uh, thank you for your time. I hope that will turns up. I have a sneaking suspicion that it may never. I wonder if I might use your phone. Certainly. Help yourself. Van Dusen here. I'm just leaving the attorney's office now. Any instructions? John Stockton has disappeared from the hospital. Elizabeth came and picked him up at 6.30 when the nurses were on their break. Get over here, Hatch. On the double. Elizabeth, I can't say I understand you at all. For years you've hated me. Oh, no, John. All right, forget the past. What about yesterday? Those cruel things you said in the hospital. I didn't mean them. Please believe me. I don't know what to believe. Today you're a completely different person. You bring me home, make a beautiful dinner for us. You are a girl full of surprises. Maybe I surprise myself. There are lots of things about me I don't like. You even moved my moped out of the driveway into the garage to keep it safe. Now don't tell me you're not likable. John, we've wasted too many years... I don't want to talk about the past. What do you have to drink? Scotch. 
My tastes haven't changed in the last five years. So many questions I have to ask you. Hiring this criminologist, this Dr. Van Dusen, and... Do you know I haven't got a drop of scotch in the house? Mm, Too late now. The stores are closed. I'll drink anything. Oh, no, that isn't right. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll hop on my moped, grab a bottle from my house, and be back as quickly as I can. Would you, John? That's terribly sweet. Charmed life runs his moped into a brick wall. Two narrow escapes in 24 hours. Where's John Stockton now, Dr. Van? In his own house on Beacon Street with a 24-hour guard. Guard? Who are you protecting him from? I'm not sure. You can thank his lucky stars he's got a very hard head. When I got to Elizabeth's, he was sitting up in a chair with an ice pack on his head and maybe a bruise or two, but... No other damage. Uh, what time is it? Uh, two in the morning. Which reminds me. Good night, Dr. Van. If I go home now, I'll still have a wife. Doesn't it strike you peculiar, John driving his moped into the wall at one side of her driveway? Well, maybe he was a little off his balance. He was shot in the head yesterday, you know. more I think about it, more I wonder. Hatch, we're on our way to Dorchester Street. We are... To give that driveway to Elizabeth's house a thorough going over. What do you expect to find? Answers. Shine your flashlight straight down. Uh, Can you shield it with your hand? I don't want Elizabeth out here asking questions before I hand them. Then what? Now move your flashlight to where I'm standing, Hatch. Answers, I told you. I know the why, but I'm not exactly sure as to the how. Now, walk up the driveway with me, keeping your circle of light to the right of mine. I can uh, see the skid marks, all right. Yes. They start here, right at this point. Looks as if the moped suddenly hit something and skidded against that wall. you look at that? Look at what? See where I'm aiming my flashlight? 18 inches off the ground. See those cuts in the bark of the tree stem? Sure do. Looks like knife cuts all the way around. Stay where you are. I'm going to have a look at the tree directly opposite on the other side of the driveway. Don't move, Hatch. I'm getting my bearings from you. Yes... Just as I suspected. Dr. Van, Elizabeth just walked out the door and is heading this way. I thought it was you two gentlemen. Elizabeth, would you have a look at this piece of wire tied around this tree? It's been cut off, but I suggest you put it here. You strung a wire from this tree here right across your driveway to that tree opposite. That is what John Stockton ran into last night, and it could very well have killed him. That's... What you wanted, isn't it? Dr. Van Dusen, I think you're out of your mind. Of course, you wouldn't have needed bullets or wires if I'd believed that cipher you wrote. I wrote? I'll show you how you tried to implicate John. Remember how that fake suicide note begins? Tired of it all, I seek an end and am content. Ambition is dead, and so on and so forth. Reading every fifth word, and you knew I would solve it, the ciphered message is, I am dead at the hand of my son, and so forth. Miss Devon, whatever made you think I'd believe it? Would a man at the point of a gun write an elaborate suicide letter with a hidden message in it? Then all you had to do was put a dab of prussic acid on the dead man's lips to complete the suicide charade. Are you quite finished? Not quite. Next you'll be saying that I killed my stepfather. But you didn't. Pomeroy Stockton did die of natural causes. 
The medical examiner is positive. He did die of a heart attack, and well, you know it. It was you who went to the lengths of making it appear to be a murder, disguised as a suicide. <laughs> Good afternoon, gentlemen. Come in. Hey, you're on your feet. How about that, Dr. Ben? Come in, come in. I'm just having lunch. Kitchen's this way. Sit down and I'll pour you some coffee. Huh. John, do you know that Elizabeth has left town? Yes. Our lawyer, Fred Sloan, was here this morning. Told me she'd handed him the keys and told him to sell the house on Dorchester Street and everything in it. So I might just buy it. It was father's. I'm going to be candid, John. That girl was no good for you. She went to elaborate lengths to get even with you for something that happened years ago. And to get rid of you and inherit everything. Fred told me the same thing. How could I have been so naive? Mr. Stockton, there was a million dollars at stake. Even more, I guess. Dad's formula for copper hardening. I don't know where it disappeared to. The last evening I was with him... We agreed I would market his process. But then, when he killed himself... He didn't, John. It really was a heart attack. Elizabeth found him and manufactured the whole scenario. The prussic acid, the letter. And when her scenario didn't play... She tried to kill you. Would you mind, Dr. Bendusen? Don't say any more. I don't like to hear all that. I've searched everywhere for your father's formula. Like his will, it's disappeared. Sit still, I'll go. You owned anyone, Mr. Stockton? Oh, oh, sure, sure. And she has left town, I'm told. Disappeared. Of course, she has committed no actual crime. She's gone, she's gone, that's it. Why should I chase after her and prosecute her? The messenger delivered this envelope for you, Mr. Stockton. Don't give it to me. Throw it away. I don't want it. You recognize the handwriting on the envelope, don't you, John? Yes. It's Elizabeth's, isn't it? Yes. I'm being childish, I know. You don't have to open it now. Just take it. It's a strange feeling that's come over me. I I can't really describe it. Well, try to. You'll feel better for saying it. Just now, her letter... I felt as if I was seeing my own coffin. Oh, this is too self-indulgent. Of course I'll open it. Lord in heaven. It's full of ashes. Nothing but ashes. Yeah. Have a look at these pieces that fell on the table. There. The words, last will and test. And here. Equations. More equations. How cruel. How terribly cruel. Elizabeth, why did she do it? What happiness could this awful thing bring her? To burn his will and his formula? It's like... It's like my father has just died. All over again. when she either loves or hates. And this curious tale, adapted from the pen of that master crime storyteller Jacques Futrell, illustrates to what lengths one's soul can twist and one's hate can transform. Unfortunate because in the end, the very things sought are those never to be gained. Revenge is its own executioner. I shall return shortly. This week on Knott's Landing, guest star Larry Hagman as J.R. flies out from Dallas to pressure his brother Gary not to interfere with nearby offshore oil drilling. Keep your mouth shut, Gary. Stay out of it. Or I'll break you. Again. We just won't be left alone. If you delay this project for any length of time, do you have any idea how much money that's going to cost your mother? Don't miss Knott's Landing, Thursday night at 10, 9 central, on CBS Television. They said it couldn't be written. The book that hit America like a runaway locomotive. It's 
the new catalog from the Consumer Information Center of the U.S. government. With more than 200 fact-filled federal publications listed inside. More than half free. Topics from health to home and car repair. For your free catalog, write free catalog, Pueblo, Colorado, 81009. That's free catalog, Pueblo, Colorado, 81009. When was the last time you made a bologna sandwich for your child's lunch? Did you know that tested against three other sandwich foods, bologna is the highest in cost per ounce of protein, highest in fats and calories, contains potentially harmful sodium nitrate, and is four times as expensive as the cheapest sandwich, peanut butter, which is more nutritious. That's what you could have learned from Consumer Reports, published by America's leading nonprofit product testing consumer organization. Completely independent, Consumer Reports stands guard over your family and your dollars, the food you eat, the cars you drive, the appliances you use, and the services you depend on. One thousand Subscribe now to Consumer Reports for this money-saving offer. Eleven monthly issues of our magazine, Consumer Reports, plus the invaluable 1980 Buying Guide issue, plus our 383-page guide to drugs and health, plus the 1981 Buying Guide issue when published, 331-1000. A total value of $25.75, all for just $12. To take advantage of this offer, dial this toll-free number, 800-331-1000. Consumer Reports, 800-331-1000. ambition and revenge descend to. Who aspires must fall low as high he soared. Revenge at first though sweet, bitter ere long as back on itself recoils. The poet John Milton. The poem Paradise Lost. Indeed, that is what our story today was about. Paradise Lost. Our cast included Robert Dryden, Jada Rowland, Gordon Gould, and Jackson Beck. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Uh, July 4th, 1863. What could be the connection? Well, Mr. Wolf, I've lived here almost three years. On July 4th last year, and July the 4th the year before... The woman who lives in that apartment where the painting is would pack up a picnic basket and go out for the day. Not come home until evening. Well, is that so strange on the 4th of July? Seems like a perfect day to picnic. Huh. Alone? And never any other day in the year? You seem to have kept pretty close watch on her. But in any case, I don't see any connection between her picnic and the painting. Except July the 4th. That's the mystery. Go to the lady and ask her what mysterious errand takes her away from here every July 4th. Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.